What is up, guys? Good morning, good afternoon, or good night. I'm your host, Adrian Conway. This is going to be another episode of Athlete to Athlete. And guys, I've got the Phil Tune on the show. Now, I've delayed in releasing this interview, and part of the reason is because, as you guessed, there's a bit of an issue. Phil Tune has tested positive for some banned substances going into the 2022 CrossFit Games, and he's been removed from the competitive list. I actually embarked on this interview with him literally about two hours before he started taking to social media and posting about his negative or his positive drug test. In the interview, you're going to notice a few things. One, he has his eyes set on the CrossFit Games. Two, he has his eyes specifically gunning for a top spot at the CrossFit Games. And three, there is no hesitation in his voice, no worry, no stress, and nothing that would allude to what would be dropped on him and a surprise to, of course, the community um, with these positive results. Now, I want to lean into this. We have had a ton, several, let me take that back and be more accurate, 14 to 16 positive tests so far. We're expecting probably between 16 and 17 to be released through before uh, the CrossFit Games happens and, and announced. This is a very high volume year of positive drug tests, but I don't know that it's the highest year yet. I think that we potentially had more in 2018. But I want to say something about this. And as you listen to this interview, you're going to get a really good understanding of this. I do not believe Phil Toon took performance enhancing drugs with the intention of creating an advantage for his athletic pursuit. I do not. You can disagree with me. You can talk about what he tested positive for. You can talk about how you don't think he was on some hair supplement because he looks older than he does or something funny along the lines. But I'm here to say very seriously that I don't believe that he had bad intentions. Now, that doesn't excuse him for this mistake. You see, there are other things that I want to lean into and understand and also address for future athletes out there, for people who hope to compete in the sport. When you make the commitment to be a CrossFit Games athlete, it is now something that is recognized and categorized as a profession. You all may not make money enough to support your living. You may not make tens of thousands of dollars to support yourself and your lifestyle. But there are a lot of athletes out there making hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not more, off this type of lifestyle. The reason I bring that up is because even Phil Toon himself, as a new competitor, as a rookie, has had tremendous success. He knew this was on, he was on his journey to the CrossFit Games, and that was his sole intention with competing. When you do that, when you, from a competitive standpoint of training, of lifestyle, of intention, you leave no stone unturned, you have to do the same thing with everything that you put in your body. Phil's made the commitment to be in Naples, Florida with his coach, Matt, with, with so many other elite athletes that some are going to the CrossFit Games this year. You would think, as I would think, that he would even consider the prescriptions that he was taking and putting into his body. Now, the reason I know this and the reason I can speak to this is because I work with athletes and I talk with them very candidly and very directly about, do you have allergies? Do you take allergy medicine? Do you have an inhaler? 
Have you used an inhaler in the last year, in the last three months, in the last two months? Have you checked the list of drugs that can reflect you negatively and make you withdraw from the opportunity to compete or winnings if you do compete? And we talk about these things. There are resources that are available through CrossFit the sport. You can reach out. You can email. I have been on this drug testing list since 2011 when it started. And I hadn't even competed for four years. I hadn't competed since 2017 as an athlete. And I, and I barely got back in the game last year as a master's athlete, 35 to 39, uh, in 2021. I was continually on their drug testing list. I had to report my whereabouts when I traveled. And this was done each quarter. And if I did travel where I was going to stay, the cell phone numbers they could reach me at, my wife's cell phone number as an emergency contact if they couldn't get a hold of me because you were only going to get 24 hours notice and they were going to show up and do the thing. I talk about this again to warn our community. If you don't have negative intentions, then make sure that your positive intentions are aligned properly with or what are going to help you be a continual clean athlete. And sometimes this means going out of your way. Hey, are you on some some prescription? And I don't even care if it's for like a swollen ankle or you, your tongue gets itchy when you're around cats or you struggle with anxiety or I, it doesn't matter. Dot your I's and cross your T's by reaching out to CrossFit. Send them the medication ingredient list. Tell them why you have a prescription for it and let them give you the green or red light. But then at least they will know. They will know ahead of time. They can say, hey, you know, Adrian, uh, what you're taking is actually a banned substance. You need to stop that immediately. This could negatively affect you uh, if, it if it reflects you in a positive test for this coming season. Um, but if you remove it from your body now, it will be cleared. Or, or we're going to take note of this as a doctor's prescription. And we're either going to, you know, we're going to talk about this with the board. But in my experience with them, for example, we're talking about a very common thing like an inhaler, people that struggle with asthma. If you have a doctor's note, you've been diagnosed with having asthma when you have an inhaler and you test positive for the ingredients that are in an inhaler, they're going to understand and understand that you took the protocol appropriately prior to and made sure things were aligned with their expectations, your expectations and keeping the sport clean and doing it the right way. I want to get off this soapbox and try not to take too much from this interview. Because I'm going to tell you right now, Phil Toon was in my top 10 as a games athlete. I think he's put in the work. I think he's put in the commitment. I think he's surrounded by a great culture of people. I think that he's surrounded by um, a, a great team of athletes that push him day in and day out, even if they're not doing the same work. I think that you can learn something from this podcast. I think that you have to think about learning from a mistake that Phil clearly made and not making sure that all the stones were unturned. And be like, man, we lost a great competitor just now. And I hope for our sport specifically that this gets better as we advance, that we find ways to test more broadly, more frequently, and, and greater, um, you know, honestly, just more athletes. That's the bottom line. I'm sure this is going to be a popular topic, not just through the rest of the few weeks as we lead into the CrossFit Games, but also after the Games are over and what's going to change for 2023. And I hope to be a part of those conversations and some degree, hopefully, a part of the solution. But nonetheless, folks, Phil Toon, I want to thank you for this interview, brother. And I also 
want to wish you the best of luck in this appeals process, whether that allows you to be at the CrossFit Games or not, which I'm assuming it won't this year. Uh, hopefully they can understand your circumstance and potentially cut back on the duration of your suspension. And we actually get an opportunity to see you out there as a competitor on the floor and doing it the right way. But guys, with no further ado, let's hear from Mr. Phil Toon. All right, I am on the mic with none other than the Phil Toon. Phil, how you doing, man? Good. How about yourself? I am. I am good. I am busy, as you are as well. We we finally got an opportunity to sit down and connect because schedules are very hard to combine or collaborate on this time of summer. But dude, I want to jump right into it. This is a question that has been on my mind about you from the first time <laughs> I saw like a photo slash video of you. I was like, man, Phil got some brown skin. We got some light <laughs> eyes. What? What? What is your ethnicity, Phil? Tell me um, and all the rest of the listeners. I'm white, man. I'm just a white boy. <laughs> but you got that <laughs> golden brown skin that most white boys uh, no. are very envious of. Hey, it's funny because, uh, I mean, my parents are super tan. Like, they're they're really, really tan. Like, <laughs> they're out in the sun way too much. Um, and that's just because of their work. But, um, yeah, man, I was really pale, like, pretty much my whole life. And, uh towards the end of being in Arizona where I was prior to Naples, Florida, uh, you know, we were getting some more sun exposure and I was starting to, to get a little bit darker. And then, uh, when I came here, just training outdoors, putting my rower outside in, in the winter months and just, you know, sitting out there for interval work, which will be like an hour, two hours long. Uh, those UV rays at like 11 shoot, man, I just, I started getting some color, but, yeah. uh, yeah, just, just, uh, just a tan boy. <laughs> I love it, man. No, and I, and I wanted to start that way because it was literally something that popped in my mind. I was like, man, is he mixed with something potentially Native American? I was like, he's got this. <laughs> it's, it's like a bronze uh, hue to him. But I, I can relate to that. I am half black and half white. And my dad yeah. was a very tan white boy. So he often got the got all the questions about exactly <laughs> where he came from. So yeah. nonetheless, man, um, you were in the thick of training for the CrossFit Games. This is going to be your rookie appearance this year. Um, but you've been grinding for the last few years to kind of get this opportunity. Tell me a little bit about how you found the sport to begin with. And, you know, I think that's kind of where we'll start to take the conversation. Yep. So my brother, he competed in CrossFit and opened up a gym a long, long time ago. So I had been, you know, I had known of CrossFit since the early days of like, you know, 2000, as early as like, I want to say maybe 2012, 2013. Um, and I had always followed it to a sense like I, I was a big fan of rich um you know yourself dan bailey you know all the people that have been in the sport for a long time and i always thought it was very cool and he was a very good competitor himself and <clears throat> and then it was um i was a basketball player in high school uh, i did a postgraduate year for basketball but after having some injuries and you know realizing that hey i really enjoy working out and crossfit obviously offers a competitive aspect of fitness it was kind of like, all right, this is my outlet. This is what I can do now that I'm done with competitive basketball. Um, now I can, I can scratch that itch to compete and still get after it. I love it, man. And when you, when you, when you stepped into it, where, were, where did you find naturally that your strengths and your weaknesses lied right out the gate? Um, you know, I was pretty young. I think I was like 18 when I started actually kind of getting into it. And it was kind of weird. Um, my squat and my deadlift were always stronger lifts, even as a basketball player. I got in, very into like plyometrics and I wanted to dunk, so I would do legs. And then 
um, you know, a few months into CrossFit, I realized, all right, I have a pretty strong squat and the deadlift eventually caught up. Um, so I realized, all right, I'm pretty good with, you know, the raw strength aspect. aspect. It was always pretty solid. Um, more of the, uh, like longer distance aerobic stuff was something that I struggled a little bit more on, which is weird though. You know, being a basketball player, we did a lot of running. I did some cross country. Um, and then it kind of like changed as I got stronger in the deadlift and squat, I got worse at running (laughs) and stuff like that. So I spent a lot of time building a strength foundation to get where I'm at and really limiting my amount of exposure to Metcons conditioning and stuff, because whether people want to admit it or not, it takes a lot longer to build real solid brute strength than it does to build an engine. It really does. It takes so much longer. So I really prioritize strength early on. Uh, so I could get to the point where I didn't need to worry about it as much. I love that, man. And I think that's a that's a really important lesson for a lot of people that are out there to hear this, whether they want to compete like you or against you one day, or if they're just people that are trying to, you know, improve their performance within the gym. It's like it, it literally takes years to build strength. Oh, and yeah. We can build an aerobic engine or establish a more solid engine in the matter of months so i think that's a really important deal when you when you did that naturally was that just something that you learned already and knew that through sports and training or were you getting tutelage and mentorship or coaching about that yeah so my brother helped me out with that uh he did boxing too so he always uh told me about like fighting camps so people that aren't familiar with camps they typically run as a boxer or you know as a fighter in general about six weeks right so and I don't know if, you know, people realize how conditioned these people are when they go into their fights. You know, like a 12-round fight is your aerobic system needs to be on point. So if they can do that in six weeks, we could be able to, you know, get our engines not necessarily to where it needs to be in six weeks, but it just shows, you know, how incremental that progress can be. Whereas, you know, getting your clean up to baseline numbers can take years, you know, years on years on years, especially if you're not really prioritizing it. Um, so that was kind of my outlook going into it was like, we need to get to a certain level of strength because if we're not there, it doesn't matter how many burpees I can do in five minutes, I'll get to, you know, semifinal quarterfinal level and I can't clean that bar. All of a sudden I get like a thousandth place finish and it takes, it, it neglects any other good finish that I had. So I was like, we need to, we need to hammer this. We need to do this. Um, because I'm always going to be able to do burpees. I might not be the best. But, you know, years down the road where I'm at now, I've spent a lot of time also you know, building that aerobic system. Um, so now it's kind of like gotten to a point where they're not necessarily, you know, neck and neck, but I'm getting closer um, with the strength to the aerobic stuff and getting it to where it needs to be. Yeah. And I think that's important, man. I, it's it's interesting because I it's something that I tell my athletes all the time. And this is not what they want to hear, but it's nope. take your time. It takes time. You know, like, I, and, I, and I just leave it at that. Take your time. It takes time because we always want to rush things. Right. I want to be great right now. And I'm speaking for myself, like mm-hmm. anything I do. I'm like, you know, I, I wanted that yesterday. So mm-hmm. where are these results? And I'm doing whatever I can to push that. It's a really fine line in seeking to gain capacity, whether it's strength or aerobic conditioning. Have you been able to balance that throughout your career with like injury? Do you find it that you're the guy leaning into it? Because I know historically you, you suffered a pretty serious back injury in your past. Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so um, during one of my strength phases, I hurt my wrist a little bit, just like a got like a little uh, cyst in my wrist, which is super common, right? It's like tendonitis almost. Yep. But the wrist is super annoying. Like it just like doesn't ever feel better. And you're like, what do you do, right? So I was supposed to be in a strength phase at the time. 
and I couldn't do any Olympic lifts. So I was like, this is annoying. And that's kind of where I uh, found powerlifting. There was like a powerlifting meet about 12 weeks out at that point. So I signed up for it. I stopped doing all conditioning and I just focused on squat, bench, deadlift, and then accessories, core accessories, upper, lower, everything. And I really just did that like for myself and for fun, just to kind of see what I could do. And man, that's when my strength took off. Like I gained weight. I got the heaviest I ever was. I competed at 198 pounds, <clears throat> but I walked around at like 208, 210. And, um, and how tall are you, man? 5'10". Okay. Yeah, um, that's you was thick. Yeah, yeah. And, and truthfully, I walk around right now at about 198 to 200, uh, maybe even a little bit heavier in the off season. Uh, weight has just been distributed a little bit better now, yeah. uh, of course, with you know all that we do. Um, but yeah, that was that was kind of like how I really, really got the strength there. And then as far as like, you know, bringing what I have strength wise, and then avoiding injury in the process. Um, I had the back thing shortly after because that was the first year I competed in the open, right? And I didn't know I had to like do well in the open to qualify for sanctionals. I didn't realize that that was the qualifier at the time. Yeah. Uh, so my powerlifting meet was like three weeks before the open, and I was like, "Oh crap, I gotta, I gotta be fit." So I hit every open workout that year like three times, and I did the first one. <laughs> yeah, I did the first one twenty point one. It was the ten rounds ground overhead and uh, burpee. Did it the first time, and I remember like the next day I was like warming up the kettlebell swings, and I was like, "Huh, I feel a little bit of a pull in my like glute to my low back, but not like painful. It's just more of like my glutes tight." Um, did it uh, like I did it on Thursday, did it again Saturday, did it again on Monday, and after I finished it Monday, I got like I was on the ground dying. I got up and I like sat up and relaxed, and I was like, "Oh, that's not good." I was like, "There is a like." I don't know if you've ever had a serious back injury, but there's a difference between back tightness and, oh shit, like you're, you're scared. Yep. And I remember I was coaching a class later that night. I couldn't even bend over to like put a PVC pipe below my knees. Uh, my back was so bad. Couldn't sleep in my bed for like two, three weeks. Uh, I ended up finishing the open. Yeah. All right. So back to that 2020 open, I finished the open. Um, but I got an MRI on my back, I think, like, the second week. I wanted to see what was going on. I had <clears throat> my L2, 3, 4 were just, like, bulging minor herniated discs, which is super common in all CrossFit athletes, right? We put a lot of pressure on our spine, um, which is just chronic stiffness that you get. But my L5, S1, you know, which is the closest to, like, your hip bone and stuff, that uh, was a protruding disc. So that Yeah, yes. Okay. Yeah. So my L5 S1 uh, was a protruding disc. So that one, um, pretty much it's not just like the vertebrae the disc like pokes out a little when you have a herniated disc, but this one was actually sticking out and sticking to my sciatic nerve. So I would get radiating pain down my leg. And, um, luckily I had a really good guy I got recommended to, and he was a power lifter. So he was like, all right, I know you're not going to stop doing what you're doing. So I'm going to try to help you. Um, and not like, you know, just go cortisone and put a Band-Aid over it. So we went the epidural route. Uh, we did epidural stem cells. You know, stem cells have some, um, you know, things that can actually help heal at least what's around, right? It's not going to make it all better. So we did that. I did two rounds of the epidural. And, you know, my back's been pretty good since I do get minor flare-ups. Like, freaking Saturday, we were at the beach doing a workout. And 
my back just got pissed doing a 35 pound hang snatch. Uh, and it just happened. So it's the type of thing where it's like, I need to just know my limits and know when to pull back. And I've been, I've been dealing with it for three years now. So I've gotten pretty good at, you know, understanding what's soreness and what's like, stop doing what you're doing, take a day. It'll be better in two days. So like today I was able to, you know, snatch and clean again. Whereas on Saturday I was having trouble even just sitting down without being in pain. So it's just, it's one of those things that just sucks. It does, man. It, it does <clears throat> suck. And and then I got to ask, like, how hard is that for you? Like even Saturday, for example, I know that you guys were probably out as a crew throwing down, doing a thing. Yep. Did you have to back off and be like, yo, I'm out for the rest of this one. Or what, what was that experience like for you? And how do you manage that? Uh, so luckily it was at the end of the workout. Um, okay. and it was a super light dumbbell. And um, after that, the the end of the workout one on Saturday, luckily. And then workout two was a lot of upper body. So I was able to do that. A lot of gymnastics. Okay. Uh, but I mean, I can't even lie. It felt like death my back. Like I took a lot of Advil. But at the same time, like I said, I know my body. Um, and I knew, you know, I knew, all right, if they're going to do anything heavy pulling off the ground or squatting, I'm going to have to modify it. Um, and I have no shame in modifying right now. Like I understand, I know my fitness, I know where I'm at and I know the time of the year. So if I can't deadlift, even though they're deadlifting, I'm not thinking about today. I'm thinking about three weeks from now when I'm at the games and it's, I need to be able to deadlift that day. I can't be like, yo, Bosman, can I do a front squat to a box? <laughs> you know, stuff like that. So, uh, I was able to do everything as prescribed. It kind of just worked out that that's what Matt had scheduled. And, uh, you know, we got a killer training day, and, but you know, let's, you know, think about if it was, they were doing deadlifts or cleans or something in that realm. Like I said, I know my body and I would definitely. One second. Man, a lot of technical difficulties. Um, sorry. It was like it popped in and joined us. Uh, yeah. Sporadically. Oh, yeah. Uh, Wow. Sorry, man. I apologize. Oh, it's all good, dude. <laughs> um, yeah, so I know my body at this point, and it it is tough, you know, some days when you're like, man, I just really want to stick to the routine, stick to the plan, right? I'm on this progression, I'm feeling good, and then something happens. Uh, and that's happened happened a few months ago before the Open, but I'm all, I've also learned that these seasons are long, they're demanding, so not every day is going to be perfect, and not every day is going to go as planned, so it doesn't really matter what you do like in terms of perfection in training because if you can't execute as close to perfection as you can on the competition floor, then it doesn't matter. Like All those days where you push through that injury, it doesn't matter. Uh, you need to be able to feel at least somewhat good going into a big competition. Yeah, and I and I would encourage you to to feel as good as possible, man. I think I For hear sure. a lot of that that wisdom in your in your tone and in your voice. I'm sure uh, Matt has dropped a lot of that uh, and, and and programmed a lot of that within your mind um, and your yep. psyche to help you keep that confidence. But yeah, man, I can say just the one year that I showed up as an individual, um, I felt like I was operating at like eighty percent at best. Um, yeah. And yep it affects you so much more than you realize. And going back for me and every athlete that I work with, I'm like, yo, like this matters, but it doesn't, right? I need mm -hmm. it. You, you want it most when it matters most and you want to be operating at that time. And you always work around it so that you feel like 
even if you're operating at 100% of fitness or let's say 95% of your health, but you're only at like 90% fitness versus 85% or 80% health, but 99% fitness, I'd rather have the healthier version of Phil Tune at the CrossFit Games than sure. I would the fitter version. So, because you know what's going to happen when you step out on the floor, man, you're going to compete, which brings me mm -hmm. kind of almost as a transition. Um, when you made the decision to pursue getting coached by Matt Torres, what, what made that be uh, something that you deemed is necessary for your development as an athlete? Um, that's a great question because last year, so not this past January, the January prior, I competed at the fittest experience, which was, uh, it was only like 12 of us. That was like the first competition post COVID that was live. Solid little crew there, Travis Williams, Roy Gamboa, uh, you know, some other semifinals level athletes, you know, a bunch of good competitors. And I took third there pretty much doing a lot of just basic class workouts. Um, nothing really crazy. Like I just kind of enjoyed really pushing myself and I decided that I, I did want to compete. But then after that competition was like, you know, what? I might be able to like actually really do this. And like I almost, you know, beat these guys and that's with not any really like individualized programming. So at that point I decided to reach out to a few coaches and, and see what they had to offer. Well, actually let me backtrack. At first I was like, I'm going in, I'm doing all my programming myself. I know a good amount of it. Went in like two days, programmed rowing intervals, ended up back squatting. And at that point I was like, all right. We got, we got to get a coach. We need to start doing stuff we don't like. Uh, and then I reached out to a few, uh, like Invictus, uh, maybe training think tank or something. And then I realized, you know, I needed to go the individualized approach. Like this is, this is what I need. I need somebody that's going to cater to my weaknesses and make sure that I'm doing what I need to do. So I reached out to Matt, had a good conversation with him. Uh, he just seemed uh, his his demeanor was different than any CrossFit coach I came across, and it still is different than any CrossFit coach I have come across, and I really enjoy that, and it, it worked well. And I don't think he – I think he thought I was just another guy saying, I want to go to the CrossFit Games when we started. Uh, he's like, oh, it's another one of these. But, you know, a little – you know, fast forward a year, a little over a year later, and here we are. That's right, man. A little over a year later, here you are. The Tunes squad is in the corner rooting crazy. Tunes squad, man. Yeah, man. Yeah. I, I was there at Granite Games. Of course, I was working with one of my athletes. But just being <laughs> able to see that atmosphere that uh, that was created there with the people that love and support you, man, was really, really cool yeah. and exciting. Um, I got to throw throw you out there as one of my picks as you know a favorite for that particular you know not not just one of the singular events, but just for the the semifinal in general. Um, but you bring up the fact, and this is, I think, an interesting conversation within our space that you did dabble a little bit, right? Your own programming, class type programming. Then you also looked into a couple other teams that are, you know, have a team of coaches and that might program for groups or competitor tracks. Um, and some might even have other individual approaches, but you mm -hmm. found what worked for you, which, and, and what worked best for you specifically, because if you look at other camps, like even, even mayhem, for example, they love to just go throw down as a group and kind of do their thing yeah. where they're all doing the same thing and it works for them. It builds their confidence. They know they're really fit, but for you, it was the more individualized approach. And I know Matt has his own flavor that is not really mimicked by anyone else. And a lot of that is, you know, his, his swagger and his ability to communicate his history and athletics and all these things. What is it about you and his relationship that you think allows you to succeed in the way that you have so far? Like you said, the communication, just okay. brutal honesty on both sides. 
Like I want him, I'm the type of athlete that if I do, like if I'm supposed to be doing this in a workout and he hasn't quite gotten there with me, but he's getting there. Um, like, and I don't, and I fail to do it. I want him to tell me like, yo, you suck. Like, that's terrible. Like, I, I don't want to be sugarcoated. I don't like beating around the bush. I want it brutal honesty. And, uh, you know, he's different with James. He's different with Emma in that sense. Like that's just the type of athlete that I am. And I want a very personal open-ended relationship. And that's what I've been able to find through Matt. Like when you're with, you know, the, like you said, the mayhem and stuff, and you're following like a broad spectrum of programming, you don't really get that approach because it's not like the, your, your coach, maybe if they have coaches there, doesn't know you quite as well as Matt knows me. Matt has, knows he has to program and coach Emma this way and down yep. this way and James and, uh, you know, myself my, one way. And I think that's what makes it so good because we all have different relationships, yet we're all working towards the same thing. Yep, exactly. Yeah, and I think that's – it's, you know – it's unique. It's a personal, you know, pursuit in regards to what, what it takes to get athletes to that next level. Um, and, and I think it, it has to be personalized that way for the vast majority of people um, mm -hmm. that really are taking it seriously. Right. It's I think we can all reach a particular athletic level of fitness uh, and even competitive level of fitness with the general approach. I think that's 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 fine. And, and I think anyone w could agree upon that. But to really be able to take your mind and push it in the direction of like really getting the most potential out of you that you have, there's got to be that individual relationship there that I yep. think encompasses is and is essential. And you guys have a lot of different personalities, man. I, was, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know a ton about Emma, but I've interviewed her a couple of yeah. times. Dallin, I know the most personally James yep. is out there. Like you guys are mm -hmm. all so different. How yep. do you, how do you vibe together when you come together in the gym, even though you're doing all different stuff? We're cool. Uh, we have a very tiny gym, so it's just hard for us to all be, in the same you know vicinity at the same time so we have like time slots right now but that's all temporary you know based on what we're gonna grow into uh but i mean it, it works uh james will annoy me uh <laughs> dallin doesn't speak much emma does her own thing and it just works because of that like you said we're all so different so we all just at the end of the day we all like i said we have the same goal so we know you need to get it done however you get it done so i'm gonna go in there I'm going to be pretty quiet. I'm going to get be about my business. I'm going to turn the music up. I might get super angry if I miss a lift. Everybody might get scared. Uh, but and then James is, you know, loud, happy. Emma, you know, she does it this way. Dallin does it that way. So it, it just works. Like, there's never any problems. There's never, like, this person is, you know, causing drama for this. It's We're very, very um, focused and we use our time wisely in the gym and we all respect each other. Definitely. I would say that's the biggest thing is, is, is respecting each other's space and time. Yep. Mutual admiration and respect, man. It goes a long way for sure. And you know that Absolutely. everybody's in there grinding just like you are. Um, mm -hmm. So walk me through a little bit about what, like what this granite games experience was like this, this year, because you were close last year, man, you were at the Atlas games. Yeah. You know, just right there on the cusp of being able to punch your ticket. You did the last chance qualifier, finished sixth in that, I believe. Mm -hmm. um, yep. And then you you laid it all on the line, got to Naples, had your head on straight. I mean, you were you were looking to hit the bullseye when you showed up at, at the Granite Games, and and you did. So, what was that like there, experiencing it on the field? It was great. Uh, the biggest difference between this year and last year is last year I was happy to be at the semifinal level. This year I wasn't happy to be at the semifinal level. I, I didn't it. care. Yep. I didn't care about it. Like 
if I didn't make the games, it would have been a failure of a weekend. And I told everybody in my corner that I was like, I'm not going there for any other thing than uh, not just to make the games to win. Like I told my mom, I'm like, I'm going to win. She's like, no, you just need to finish top five. I'm like, mom, if I go in to finish top five, I'm selling myself short. I want to go to win. I want to win every single workout. Uh, and that's the kind of mindset that I need to have or else I'm not going to show up to the competition. Just like I'm going to the games with that mindset. I'm not going to the games and being like, oh, Justin Medeiros, okay, I'm going to let him beat me. No, I'm not. I don't, I don't care who he is. You know, everybody's human. Everybody, you know, doesn't have good workouts, mistakes. And at the end of the day, we're all starting zero zero. So that's my, that was my head, you know, going into the Granite Games. And if I, for myself, if I continuously talk myself through that and get in that state of mind, I'm going to believe it. Um, and then when the workouts came out, I will say there was a few workouts that I liked. And then there was a few workouts that scared the hell out of me. I don't really, running is a historical weakness. And there was running in three out of the six workouts. Yep. So I was like, man, this couldn't be worse. Uh, and then, you know, there was, um, I love thrusters. Like thrusters are definitely a strength movement. But that workout kind of scared me a little bit just because of the speed. And then the, yep. I like I like the classic Fran. Like I do, it did really well at the Echo and Fran at Wadapalooza. So the handstand thruster scared me a little. But, you know, that was another workout that I knew I could do very well on. So I was very confident in, let's say, like three of the workouts. And then there was three of the workouts that I was still confident because I had been training um, for them specifically. But there was that, you know, those those bad thoughts in the back of your mind that you're like, it's just you, you can't get around them. And, uh, yeah, it's just about turning turning your mind off and then kind of just living in the moment and just knowing that what you've done is enough. Yep. And I, and I, yep. And I think you hit literally, you're hitting several points here, but man, for mm -hmm. you to bring up, yo, I was a little bit stressed about three of those workouts from you to finish second overall. That has mm -hmm. to further your confidence. Definitely. And like I said, running has been something that I struggled with and I still don't consider myself like a top runner, but man, I, I'm working, like I'm trying and, uh, to actually go out there and execute. They weren't my best finishes, but I think my worst finish was like, seventh place or something uh and i was able to do that on a workout that would have floored me i probably would have finished like 25th in that echo sled workout last year it had 100 cows in the echo bike a heavy sled that builds up a lot of lactic acid and is better for like a bigger athlete right and then you know over a mile and a half of running like like i said the long aerobic stuff is something that I, it's just harder for me um, and then, you know, running, you put that all together and I was able to pull out a seventh place finish, you know, hang and, and being able to kind of like just game it perfectly, make some passes on the second half, what on the second half of it. Uh, you know, that was huge at that point. I knew like, all right, I made the games. I got seventh on that. I'm good. And I went into right. the last workout, I think in first place and, um, Legus rope climbs is actually what kept me out of the games last year. Um, at the Atlas games, I took like 27th in that workout. Uh, which was pretty much like last place, and it, there's the whole story behind that too. It wasn't I wasn't that bad at like rope climbs, but yeah, definitely historical weakness. The quarterfinals, Wadapalooza, last chance qualifier, all not good finishes on the rope climb. So to be able to kind of like go into that knowing, all right, I just got to do what I got to do, and I'll make it. And I was able to, you know, do exactly that. Feel good and see improvements in, in that specific area of fitness. And that it definitely felt good for my confidence and doing it against, I would, in my opinion, a very, very stacked field at the Granite Games. 
Oh yeah, very stacked. Very stacked, very competitive. I mean, it could have I mean, there's there's nine guys there that could have went to the CrossFit games this year and you know, it was it was going to be a showdown between all of you guys. I think that you know, so you you do you do something very similar to what Dallin did, right? Over over it was it the Mac that he competed in? I forget. Mm-hmm. It was the Mac. So you didn't want to make him feel too bad, so you decided <laughs> to let yourself get second so that y'all could get ready for the games. But but seriously though, you guys both had great performances, right? Mm-hmm. through the semifinal part of the season and now you get to you get to go through this experiment or this experience together getting ready for your first crossfit games as as rookies in the individual competition do you really um is this something that sits in in your mind like how unique this experience is that you get to go through this with someone else or is it more like uh i'm solo and i'm still focused on only me <laughs> i mean i can't lie i'm focused on only me it, yeah uh but I have the utmost respect and love for Dallin. I think he's a the dude has such a great career ahead of himself. Like I, I mean, he doesn't really have weaknesses, and I think that's the most impressive thing at his age. Sure, he might not be as good at some things, but I think he's extremely well rounded. So I see him doing extremely well at the games, um, and it's it's cool to kind of you know see him put in work. And we both were in similar spots last year, and we're both in similar spots this year. So it's been cool to see the growth in both, both of us. And right now we're, we're cordial with friends. We're cool. And we will be up until game time, but you know, uh, come game time, he's not my friend. Yep. <laughs> I, I wish, I wish him the best, but you know, if he, if we're going head to head, I'm coming for that spot and he, and he, he'll be the same way. No doubt. And I wouldn't expect either, you know, either of you guys to feel different about that. Um, so with that being said, man, are you guys getting an opportunity to go head to head in a lot of training right now? Is it maybe only a few sessions on the weekends when you're actually doing game style competition or prep? Yeah. Yeah. It hasn't been all too much. Uh, we have gone head to head on a few things. Uh, you know, he's beat me on a few workouts. He's beat me on all the swim workouts. Not even close. <laughs> Man, it's hard for me. Uh, I'm trying, but, uh, uh, you know, we, we did, I think we do like one or two pieces together sometimes on Saturdays. Um, but at the end of the day, Matt is his approach is you need to work on what you need to work on up until game time. So it's like, if it doesn't fit what I need to work on Saturday, we might have three rounds of X, Y, and Z, but it's his is going to be three rounds of maybe handstand pushups, this and that. Mine's going to be three rounds of running this and that, you know, it's solely, you can still get better now. And you can stay healthy and you can prioritize what you need, not just because the games is going to have this. Like we need to we can still hammer our weaknesses right now up until game time. Yeah. And, and you know, there's there's something about that um, because I came from I came from this unique spot in the sport, man, where I was finding my own way. I never really had a formal coach because I was leaning on my own experiences, you know, studying exercise science, coaching performance enhancement for all these years, strength, traditional strength conditioning. And mm-hmm. uh, but but I started to throw down with Tommy and Michael Kazu and all the people that I would eventually compete on a team with. Yep. And we had to really govern like how often we threw down together because we started, we started to understand like you either create an internal expectation of a pecking order, right? Mm -hmm. Like for you, it's like, yo, you can't swim with Dallin too often because you can't be okay to take second in any shape or form all the time. Right. And it's the same thing with him on something that he might lose to you consistently at, well, y'all can't just throw down at that all the time because then you're going to naturally be okay with taking the back seat. And a true yeah. competitor can't develop that type of habit. So I love the aspect that you guys still train to enhance and to improve. And then you get a, a periodic opportunity to throw down and compete because, of course, that's something, 
you know, if I was only training by myself all the time, I don't only, I get to compete, what, four times a year if I'm lucky? You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Like face to face. So for you guys to be able to do that, even if it's just once a week, I think is actually a huge advantage specifically with people that are as cutthroat as you and also trying to seek that same level of dominance as you. So I think that's awesome. You guys got a great balance. Yeah, um, absolutely. In your, in your opinion, like training now, we're, we're looking at another 10 days, two weeks of like hard stuff. Yeah. And then you start to enter this slight taper to prepare your mm -hmm. mind and body. Where do you think that you'll spend most of your time? Is it, is it those longer time domains and in the water? Definitely acclimating to the water. It's more just kind of getting comfortable in there, um, throwing some different elements, maybe like some, like we did a little bit of upper body fatigue and uh, aerobic fatigue going into the water. Um, but it's just going to be, kind of entering the sports specific phase now. So Matt is very big on interval training and he wrecks your life with his intervals and they literally kill me. So like last week, you know, I would do like eight sets of front squat, muscle up, handstand push up, this and that. And it's like, holy crap, I've been working out for an hour uh, on these intervals. And now it's going to enter more like four rounds for time, you know, getting to that competition mindset and feel. So that's kind of the phase that we're entering now. And I think we're still going to, stay within our skeleton plan of what our days have laid out to be. So, you know, like still going to the track on this day and doing, you know, shoulder endurance on this day. And then I think, you know, maybe next week it'll enter more into kind of like anything and everything because the games will have anything and everything on a given day. It's not going to be like, Hey guys, we're going to do our legs on Monday and then we're going to do upper body Tuesday. It's going to be like, Nope, you're going to get everything and you're going to be sore as hell. So you need to understand what it feels like to, you know, overload those muscles. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's going to be great, man. I, I, of course, from a coaching perspective and a coaching tree, Matt Torres and I kind of all fall under and away from that, like Nick Fowler, brute strength. Like we're yeah. all under that tutelage and come from that same train of thought where, you know, we started that company with intervals and we live and die mm -hmm. by it, man. And it's because the of best. what it does for your, yeah, your unique ability to continue to put out power and still be conscious about the choices that you're making. You find yep. yourself six rounds deep into a workout that's just for time and you're slobbering and, and drooling and barely mm -hmm. hanging on the last two rounds versus in intervals. It's a little bit different experience. Yep. Um, at, well, it seems like we can expect that the, the swim is going to be in a pool. I'm sure you've seen yeah, all yeah. that, right? Yep. So yep. it's like, okay, hey, we got to work on cutting through the water, be fast, learn mm -hmm. to flip turn if you got time, you know, all these different small things. Um, do you remember that workout in 2020 they did at the CrossFit Games with the pool? <laughs> yeah, I look miserable. Man, look, I, I saw them, I saw them post that dude swimming at the pool, and I was like, yo, I'm hoping they don't have to do what those boys did back in 2020 because that uh. looked like one of the, that looked like death. It's just like, I feel like that workout, just round one, you're fine. Round two, you're teetering. And round three, you're just, everything's exploding. And you're just trying not to die across the water. And uh, Literally. And, and yeah, we heard good uh, good swimmers like Haley Adams was like, yo, I felt like I was going to pass out for real. Like, I didn't think I could freestyle the whole way. And when she says that, you know, it's a problem. It's a real yeah. problem. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, man, I, w I will say this, and this is just one of the last aspects that I want to kind of hit on before I let you go, is like a lot of times with rookies at the CrossFit Games, and I'm saying this from the perspective of I've had athletes go, so I've been there with them. I've had myself go. I've been on, his, on teams. I've been on teams with rookies. One of the biggest things in your mind is your ability or inability to visualize because you haven't been there yet. Yeah. Right? So in these last two weeks, you know, of course, and I know you'll be practicing this, but I encourage you watch, watch some film on old tape guys, visualize what that feels like, visualize what that lake looks like or the pool or whatever. 
But what's your support system going to look like there in regards to, you know, are you going to have someone else other than Matt? Are you guys going to have a team together, food, transportation? Like what's your what's your psyche and how you're going to set up for success for that weekend? Uh, We are going to have Matt and then Coach Dom. Um, Those two are going to be our coaches there. So they're going to be and then D.C. I think is also going to be there. Um, so we're going to have all three of those guys, which is great. And we, I work with Dom all the time. So I have a very good relationship with Dom. DC's newer to Naples, but just genuine, awesome guy. Uh, you know, so we'll have that. I'm going to have my massage therapist from Arizona. Um, she's going to be there. So she'll be, you know, working on me whenever I get some time. And then I'll have, uh, you know, my manager there. He'll be there. So he'll be, you know, helping me out, making sure I get what I need. Food, getting from Rosie Joe meals. Love them. They're delicious, and I had that, that at semifinals, and I'm a big person for if it works and you like it, don't change it, right? Like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So that's what I'm going to stick with, and I'm not going to you know, be touching anything else. I'm a very routine person. And then I will have my entire tune squad there, and they're just going to be holding it down and, you know, double, double, triple the size of what we saw at Granite Games. That's all, that's all I can say. I believe that, man. Will you get an yeah. opportunity to spend much time with those folks? What are, what are your plans? I mean, will you be a guy that's more secluded? Because we always saw two camps, right? We saw one mm-hmm. camp where it was like people would get with their families in the evenings and go out to dinner and do all that. And then there was another camp where it was like, hey, I'll see you all on Sunday night. Till then, I'll see you in the stands. Most likely, I will be that guy. Uh, if they want to come back and shoot the shit a little bit in the room, cool. But I'm going to really focus on, you know, as soon as I'm done, it's recovery time. Like, it's it's you can't I always take the Kobe approach that, you know, it's really not over till it's over. So there's no time to celebrate. Even if I win event one, it doesn't matter because there's still 14 events left in the weekend or whatever it is. And and uh, that's what I've realized from doing the past few competitions. And then the games is just a whole nother beast with the amount of events that we have. So you really can't get too high, too low. You need to stay level headed and, and whatever that allows you to do. So if that's going out to dinner at night with your peeps, Go for it. But for me, I, I think it's going to be just going back to the room and focusing on recovery. It's a great plan, man. Well, I love it, Phil. I think uh, you're going to have a great competition season, man, a great end to your season here at the CrossFit Games. I want to wish you the best of luck, brother. Um, I'm a fan, that's for sure. And I'm going to have you somewhere in, in, in some of my top mm-hmm. picks, to say the least. Um, you, I haven't even I haven't even made that official yet. Like when I'm, <laughs> I hate picking athletes, I know you probably. I, yeah. I, I mean, it's one of the worst parts of like I love talking to sport. Like I love watching you out there and like talking about what you're doing or why you're doing it. Right, all that. Yeah, but man. When we got to pick athletes, it's like one of the most things that bothers my brain because I'm like, let them just let them show me. Let them show me. <laughs> but yeah. I want to wish you specifically good luck, man. You got a great team in your corner. It seems like you got a great head on your shoulders, dude. This has been a long time coming for you, even longer than I realized finding out that mm-hmm. you started CrossFit all the way back in 2012. Um, so enjoy this last phase, even though physically it's a grind. You know, mm-hmm. let your mind understand it's all a reward um, and it's going to continue to benefit you. And, and like you said, which I know you know, show up rested and ready. It's way better than overreach. Yep and underprepared so you'll crush it my man thanks for joining me on the show and hopefully we can run this back and get you back on at some point uh through the beginning stages of the off season uh after the crossfit games wraps in 2022 sweet man thank you so much thanks brother